Please rise for our national anthem. Steven, you look like you gotta go to the bathroom. Sitting on a turtle head real bad right now. Saw a little turtle head? Yeah, a little turtle. Sneak, make a sneak peek in the squeak. Little guy's been hearing about some great stories of the toilet and and getting out. He always sees the darkness most of the time. And he's he's peeking out trying to see the light and uh, I hate I hate I hate to do this to the guy, but he's gonna get flushed and all he's gonna see is darkness from then on out. Let's <laughs> talk about the turtle in your butt. Well, it's. I mean, it's not it's real. Not a real turtle. Not a real turtle. Oh, okay, I was I, getting yeah, a little yeah. scared there. I was I like, "What you? What you got? A little stowaway?" Apparently, I don't digest turtle that well, so I'm not <laughs> gonna be. Not. I'm not gonna be eating any turtle anytime it, soon. It, it went in me as soup, and it's coming out as a full-blown turtle. Yeah, I don't want to go anywhere else where they advertise turtle soup, and it's got an actual turtle head in there. <laughs> Welcome to the Radcast this week. I'm Hi. Matt. I'm Steven. and uh, we are coming at you this week with another guest. Uh, I know we had Tyler Strickland with us a couple weeks ago uh, covering 90s ninja movies. Last week, we did our 1999 retrospective. Got a lot of positive... Well, I got a lot of positive feedback on that. A lot of text messages saying, hey, that was a great idea. You know, keep rolling with the Mm -hmm. retrospectives. And they're fun episodes to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to do a ton of research aside from the actual, like, what happened in that year. And then you can can really... uh, I guess reflect on a lot of that stuff that mm-hmm. happened in that year and remember, oh, what was I doing? I was mm-hmm. doing this, this, and this, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So we're definitely going to, like Matt said, we're going to keep rolling with that. Um, be on the lookout for those episodes. Check out all of our episodes, but if you really liked that concept and how we rolled with it, uh, be on the lookout for those. Every few episodes, we're going to drop a, 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 a new year. Um, of course, 1998 is our next year, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see what we pull out with that. We might have a guest on there. Oh, yeah, for maybe that one. someone who, who could tell us a little bit about uh, about that year. Yeah, you know, someone who was, uh, what it was like leaving a womb in 1998. Ooh. You know? If a, so, can, you think we know anyone who was born in 1998? We'll see. Know. We'll make we'll, some calls. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Make yourself known. You know who you are. <laughs> Anyway, we'll make some calls. Anyway, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, speaking of uh, making things known, uh, I think it, we should make known that we watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah, um, this we, is true. Yeah, so we spend. It's funny because we'll spend most nights if we don't have anything going on, literally just going down YouTube rabbit holes mm-hmm. and just hanging out watching YouTube. The idea, something that, and over the weekend. A good Saturday for me 
is having nothing to do. I mean, I love doing things with friends and right. those are always fun and they, th- those are good. Yeah. But I love the Saturdays where I can just get some takeout and watch YouTube yeah. uh, for hours on end. And one of the things we've been watching lately is clips from the Dr. Phil show. Of course, plenty of things to chew on there, whether you believe it's real or not. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's plenty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um it, there there are some you know there's some a lot of serious issues on there oh yeah of course and sometimes it makes you it makes you go why don't you guys like handle this in private like mm-hmm. it seems a bit counterintuitive to bring such a sensitive subject in front of millions of people watching yeah dr phil seems like you know he seems like he knows what he's talking about sure. he's definitely got a voice that sounds like it does excuse me i belched oops um but uh, but he seems I don't know he came from that Oprah he's kind of he was kind yeah. of like an Oprah lackey or something yeah like I don't that. know all of that to say we've we have a uh, a clip that, yeah. that kind of caught our eye and, yeah. and was a little of all the crazy things that were on Doctor Phil this one is pretty close to the top and yeah. so what we have for you listeners today mm-hmm. is a clip from one particular special episode of uh, of Dr. Phil. So, Stephen, if you could cue that up. Yep, I got it queued up, and I'm going to press play. So this is from uh, the Dr. Phil show, uh, I believe, March 15th, uh, 2009. Uh, I'm, I'm here with Roger Layton. Uh, and, 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 Roger, you're telling me you're in love with your toilet. That is correct, Dr. Phil. Uh, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I know. I know. It sounds weird and kooky, but it's love, Doctor Phil. It's like Sammy Hagar sings about in the Van Halen song, "When It's Love." I don't know, but it lasts forever. I, I just knew it, it was love at first flush. Okay. Uh, pl- please tell because because I I want to understand what is it about your toilet that you're attracted to. Well, just. Everything. Everything about my toilet. I love the curvature of the seat. I, I love the feel of the water against my hand when I stick it down the bowl. Uh, I, I love the way it smells after I'm done using it. It, it. it just gets me. It'll never leave me. It'll always be there for me. Yeah, well, well, it's a toilet. It's bolted in, into the ground. It's not going anywhere. I mean, let's get real. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's the real thing. Actually, as Kenny Loggins sings... It's even better than the real thing. Kenny Loggins is my toilet's favorite singer. Well, I, I mean, my audience, I think, is just as thrown off as I am. Uh, okay, okay, Roger, uh, let's say what you're feeling is real. Do you ever get into any arguments? My, my, to- my toilet does get jealous anytime I'm in the shower too long. Um, I think it's because my toilet has only ever seen my bare bottom and the dangle of my private parts. Uh, my shower has seen everything. Uh, but it's just platonic with the shower. It's all business, I, and I wish my toilet would understand that. Okay, uh, you're ascribing uh, human emotions to inanimate objects, but uh, uh, h- how do you know the toilet's mad at you? It, it'll clog. It'll clog. It won't. Fr- it won't flush properly. Um, I try giving it flowers and chocolate, but when I flush them both, it only makes things worse. Uh, it just likes being left alone when it's angry. Now, you keep referring to your toilet as it or my toilet. If this is the love of your life, why don't you give it a name? It seems so impersonal otherwise. Well, Dr. Phil, it's a toilet. Naming it would just be silly. 
Okay, I, I think this is above my pay grade. Uh, we'll, we'll cover more of uh, of Roger's toilet obsession when we return. Well, let me tell you, sometimes you just can't pick who you love. Isn't that the case? Is That is always the case. Although, in our case, this particular subject that we're talking about today chose our guest for us to love. So... Chew around, on that. Yeah, roundabout way of saying, when we come back from break, we're going to jump into our discussion with Jeff Wright over professional wrestling. Yep, something that we connected with him over uh, or became friends with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of forged that friendship. Yeah, for, like it, in junior that, high. That interest forged that friendship over you know 10 years ago. And since then, it has just made us stronger in that interest. And through that interest, we have just gained such a deep and and powerful friendship. But you'll hear all about that after our break. Yep, so after the break, we're talking professional wrestling. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? They're listening to the Radcast! We now return. And that's the bottom line. To the Radcast. Cause Stone Cold said so. And you are pushing people away with your, with your brutish behavior. Well, I'm a brute, so. Uh, you are. You definitely are a brute. Well, the cats are away. The mice will play. Yeah. Speaking of being away, I think it's funny that uh, we've done more episodes on the road than <laughs> so far in the yeah. studio, uh, because right now we are in Decatur, Illinois. Welcome the back to the Dirty R- D. The Dirty D. Welcome back. Wait to the R- till we intro you. Sorry. That's okay. Welcome back to the Radcast, ladies and germs. Uh, it's very, very good to see all of you this episode. Uh, like I said, we are in Decatur, Illinois, uh, because we are visiting a fellow proper gentleman and uh, a very near and dear friend of ours by the name of, tell them who you are. I am Jeff Wright. This is Jeff Wright, ladies and gentlemen. They are in my house. Jeff, my rules. Jeff Wright. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. boy. <laughs> never heard that one. Oh, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's so it's such a funny thing to say. Uh, that's fair. This is very funny. Don't have a name like that. What? Don't that's... have a cow, man. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> and today, today's subject is something that we all kind of, back in junior high when we all met, um, we bonded over. And it's actually kind mm-hmm. of a polarizing subject to a lot of people. <laughs> um, Not so much nowadays. I yeah, feel like I a mean, lot more people are... are not if not fans, they acknowledge like, okay, I understand why people would be fans of that. Well, also, it wasn't polarizing for middle school boys, like. right? Oh yeah, I mean, just in the general sense of you know, people either turn their nose up at it or they accept mm. it. Um, and we're talking about pro wrestling today. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so pro wrestling. That's what happens that's from in, the, that that was that was a track of the soundtrack uh, <laughs> that was a track of sounds from pro wrestling. <laughs> called, it's called Smash 'em Whack 'em. <laughs> uh so to really to kind of lay a perspective real quick to kind of mm-hmm. lay a framework. Um I personally am not a fan of the word fake. Um, because fake is something trying to pass itself off as something else, but it's not. I think mm-hmm. wrestling's been pretty forward in that, at least since the 80s, that it's sports entertainment, yeah, it's like, um, especially with Vince McMahon coining that phrase, yeah. sports entertainment. So 
if if you compare it to something like the UFC, which I think sometimes WWE tries to be, you know, it's it's not a combat sport like the UFC. Right. It's it's like a television show. Well, it's not yeah. actual conflicts either. Mm-hmm. And I always say it's it's all about the mindset you go in. It's like you said, if you go in thinking, okay, I'm about to see two guys work together or women work together to perform for the crowd, you know, mm-hmm. you can look at it through a different scope than if you're going in and you're like Oh well, you're trying to pass this off as a as you know an actual conflict and you know an actual you know fight. And then you're going to be more willing to you know pick it apart. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. don't get us wrong. There are definitely plenty of people who go to a wrestling show, however big or small, and they're like, "Ooh, I can't wait to see those two guys kick each other's asses." Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's like you you're embar- missing the point of what you're going to. Yeah, and then but they would be the same people like, "Yeah, I know how it works." It's like uh, you're yeah. suspending your disbelief a yeah. little too much. Wrestling is all about the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. I think it, it enables you to enjoy the performance, yeah. enjoy the story that people are trying to tell in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it gets a little ridiculous and like, oh man, John Cena's going to kick his ass. You know, yeah. Kick ass tonight, boys. It's like, <laughs> guys, calm down. I think, um, I think sometimes people get it mixed up because it is rooted in real life because these are actual like performers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's not like you're, you're walking around and captain and Chris Evans is ca- dressed as captain America all the time, trying to pass himself as off as captain America. Yeah. But essentially wrestling is just stylized violence, almost no different than a choreographed movie fight yeah. or like in a play. Exactly. Yeah. If you're watching, exactly. if you're go- if you're watching Othello, like it, yeah. that's, that's yeah. stage you, combat. You don't go up to the actors after the play and say, you guys know that that was fake, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we know. Exactly. And I, I'm finding more that people are using fake as an umbrella term. Right. Like most people who are like fake, uh, they're like, N-. I'm like, actually, it's a predetermined, it's predetermined performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's scripted. It's, it's, it is it's scripted. a show. It's yeah. a show. It's scripted. Uh, the outcomes are predetermined, but the means in which they achieve those outcomes are very physical and you can get hurt. And, you know, their their road schedule is very difficult on them. And again, nine times out of ten, people be like, I know, I know. That's just a blanket term. I mean, yeah. Right. You know. I, and there's a there's a for for those who don't know this guy, there's a current wrestler named Seth Rollins. who's pretty popular in the WWE. <laughs> Uh, I, f- I forget the actual quote he said, but he he recently said something I think in an interview that was talking about how he hates the term fake because he's like, you know, it is a performance. It's it's still yeah. he's like I still train like an athlete. I eat like an athlete. Yeah. I, I get I, hurt like an athlete. I get hurt like an athlete. Like it, there's a difference between something being predetermined, trying to put on a good show, and like thinking that these people don't actually like do stuff that Mm -hmm. most people can't do like you take the average person in america put them in a wrestling ring yeah they can't do the same thing that those people are doing no like i used to hear the comparison to a trampoline when i was a kid it's like furthest thing from the truth and if you watch how rings are actually built it's a stiff canvas Mm -hmm. that has very little give i mean it's got more give than like a boxing ring sure but you know those guys are bouncing around because they're athletic Mm -hmm. you know and you have to train to learn how to take bumps mm-hmm. on those, you know, falls, I guess, yeah. for the layman, on those canvases. Mm-hmm. And then the, those ropes, you have to learn how to hit those a certain way because yeah. they're cinched in. You, and, you as a wrestler, you have to train just as much on how to essentially take a hit yeah. 
as to like quote unquote give a hit. Like you have to yeah. train yourself to protect yourself from getting too seriously hurt. And that's part um, of from yeah. everything. And that's part of the art form too is you have to train how to throw what's called working punches mm-hmm. because wrestling is what's called a work. So mm-hmm. a work is basically, you know, a work is a performance, yeah. you know, a storyline. Mm-hmm. Um and so you have to learn how to throw those working punches. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the art form is learning to is throwing those and making it look stiff and right. solid. And then your opponent, the guy you're work your you know, partner, mm-hmm. taking it and making it look like he's getting shot. Right. Like mm-hmm. that that's part of the performance aspect. That's part of the art form mm-hmm. is also executing a lot of moves in which you're not actually like doing too much damage to someone, but it looks like you're doing all the damage in the world. There's there's a very fine line between throwing a punch that actually connects mm-hmm. and like can because it's happened. In, oh yeah, in some guys like before. to be stiff like well, that. Well, I mean, there's there's a difference between someone throwing a punch that like actually splits someone open, yeah, um, or busts their nose or something, and throwing a punch that you can tell is not connecting whatsoever. So like, there is skill. Yeah. And like making it look as realistic as possible to the audience while still protecting whoever's in the ring with you. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I remember sitting and watching wrestling one time and uh the guy we were watching with wasn't a wrestling fan, he's like, You guys know like everyone knows like this isn't real, right? And it was like, Yeah. Like, but you know, some things. A, it's live performance, right? So it's a lot of things on the spot may look silly, but you're like, the goal is to protect each other in there mm-hmm. because they have to go out tomorrow night and do right. the same thing. It's like it's like a, it's a bit more uh, pristine now, but it's it's a traveling circus basically. Yeah. You're going from oh, yeah. town to town doing the same performance, so you can't be in there trying to bust someone's head open, you know. Yeah. Then that that's sort of part of it. Yeah, and the advent of it being predetermined and people kind of knowing it's a work. Like, sure, in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, especially in the the fifties, with the advent of television and people being able to see it and how popular it got. In the fifties, sixties, and seventies, in the eighties, you had a lot of these company or you had a lot of these territories still trying to protect the business and wrestlers and performers getting stabbed and shot by fans who thought you know it was real. But there was still that sect of people who like they knew it was a work even even back then so this isn't a new um this isn't a new revelation that it's a work or it's quote-unquote fake like it's always been that way yeah and uh, conversely to that i guess kind of conversely i've heard plenty of old guy like older guys that used to watch wrestling back in like the Mm -hmm. 70s like oh i used to watch it when it was real it's like no it's it's never been real like this has always been like it's always been a performance, you, you know. You watched this back when it was literally circus performers. Yeah, yeah, back in the who would throw each other around. Back in the 1800s, when they had like eight-hour matches yeah. because they were actual like wrestlers who were, you know, putting on a match and they last eight hours. Mm-hmm. It's like the wrestling as we know it has always been a work. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the business was so protected, meaning that like guys would stay in character mm-hmm. all the time. To try and give off the impression that they were who that they reported on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. exactly. So like bad guys had to travel. With bad yeah. guys, you know. So you had essentially be an asshole sometimes Ugh. to someone because that was who you were on TV. And so, yeah, it looked it was 
quote unquote real to you because that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, but exactly. it's always been a work. Yeah. In and of itself, pretty much it's it's just a it's a more violent play. That's yeah. what you're watching out yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. And with being in so close proximity, mm-hmm. you're bound to get hurt. Yeah. Like even taking bumps night after night. Yeah. That's yeah. something you train to do and it's and it's routine, mm-hmm. but you still have bumps and bruises and stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I always try to uh, equate it an acrobat you any acrobat who you would ask repeatedly falling on their back like if they were told you had to do a flip and you had to land on your back mm-hmm. 7 days out of the week yeah uh 40 times every day like they would look at you and say you know I'm going to f up my back right exactly. doing that yeah. even if I do it perfectly yeah so these things that these people do like yeah it's predetermined it's it's a performance it's all this and that but what they're doing is still gonna hurt them. Yeah. Like it, regardless of whether or not it's real, fake, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like what they do is gonna hurt. You have to have. Yeah. You have to learn body control yeah. and how to take, like uh, a, uh, like Razor Scott Hall, Razor Ramon used to have his finishing move called the Razor's Edge, mm-hmm. where he would essentially lift you up high and drop you, what it looks like on the back of your head. Yeah. And, you know, you have to take that a certain, it's like, he's, he'd always tell people, tuck your chin, you got to tuck your chin mm-hmm. or with same with like a German suplex or something, mm-hmm. or like even, you know, diving head butts. Yeah. If you zoom in a lot of the times their head comes close, you know, and you do have connecting points, but still you're going to, you know, you would, like I said, within close proximity of each other, you're bound to connect. You know, and so it's still it's still very physical, and this isn't a this isn't like in response to anything. No, it's just like I, this, I wanted, this is how we feel about pro wrestling as a whole, mm-hmm. and sort of the misconceptions yeah, I think a right. lot of people I, have. The last I, thing I think we would want people to think as we talk about pro wrestling is that we think that these guys are actually going out there every night yeah. to kick each other's butt. Well, and that's yeah. that, that's the thing that frustrates me is that if I try and like correct some. And I haven't done this much, but if I try and correct someone or it's like, actually, this, this, and this, as soon as you say, no, it's not fake, it's this, 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 people just think, oh, he thinks wrestling's right. real. It's like, yeah. no, that's not the case. Yeah. There's there's more depth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what mainly I wanted to kind of get that out of the way because we're in this, in this discussion, I know I'm going to talk pretty passionately passionately about it and i know you guys would too because we do have such a a connection to it and i think knowing how it works helps us appreciate it more yeah Yeah, so i just i just wanted to give some perspective to the listener so that like i don't know our mom who was kind of a naysayer (laughs) like she would be stunt doubles she would be she would be goofy about it but like people people who are kind of naysayers that we know that know who know us but know we like pro wrestling um i wanted to give kind of a perspective on what it is and pretty much like yeah. how it works and how we see it yeah. so that you see that we're talking passionately yeah. the same way that somebody would talk passionately about a play or yeah. a movie or something like that. Cause that's what this is. Yeah. And I think with the advent of social media, there's no secrets anymore. Yeah. I think you've got more and more people who are more widely accepting. Cause they can be like, okay, it's this, this, and this, and you have different, like you have wor- that world colliding with other worlds. Mm-hmm. So they're able to get a bit more insight. And, um, it's I you said it's the way how we see it enables us to look through it in a different through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when a lot of kids drop off. Yeah, like I knew like when I when we were in middle school, I knew a lot of kids that watched wrestling, mm-hmm. and then once we got older, 
or even in elementary school. And then once we got older, it was less and less because you started to figure out how it worked. And I think kids are kind of bloodthirsty sometimes. <laughs> so when they find out that Stone Cold doesn't really hate Vince McMahon, they're like, what? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. And so I... But I, he beats him up every night. So when I found out, I was a little shaken, and I was like, eh, whatever. You yeah. know? And now, I like movies. I like that. I like stories and character arcs and movies, so let's yeah. just roll with that. So, yeah, so before we get more in, like, we keep going, because we could talk about the history and the intricacies all day. Uh, before yeah. we kind of get into that, I want to get into our experiences with it. Mm. Um, that's what I am really interested in talking about, uh, just kind of a groundwork, because I know we'll have future episodes where yeah. the three of us sit down and talk about wrestling. Um, oh, yeah. But we're getting to some WrestleMania 20, baby. Oh, Greatest yeah. WrestleMania of all time. Oh, yeah. We, but, don't, we don't talk about that one. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Oops, uh, never mind. Um, so before we get into like more of the intricacies of it, uh, I just want to talk about our experiences with yeah. it. So Jeff, starting with you, what was your oh, first man. exposure to pro wrestling? Uh, that's, gosh, it's hard to pinpoint what my very first exposure was because I grew up in a house. My mom introduced me to pro wrestling. That's awesome. Uh, very early in life, probably like five or six. Um. Because she was a wrestling fan before I was born. Uh, I have an older brother, Danny, who he was born. My mom would, like, take him to shows in Chicago, where she's from. Um, And, you know, just she's always been a a fan of wrestling. So I can't pinpoint, like, my very first exposure. The very first thing I can remember really sitting down and watching um it's a toss-up between wrestlemania 2000 yeah um specifically the triple threat ladder match between the dudleys the hardys and edge and christian and strangely enough gosh which which royal rumble was it that hulk hogan won as wwf champion uh, it was uh, the eighty nine one. It was like nineteen eighty nine or ninety. He 90. was champ and he won. He the was Royal champ Rumble. and he okay. entered and he won. Probably like eighty nine. We 90. had that on VHS. It's funny and you said which Hulk, which Royal Rumble did Hulk Hogan win? And I was like, uh, he actually only won a couple. He won like never two. Mind. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Um. So I remember my brother had that on VHS, so I would watch that, and occasionally we would rent. Like WrestleManias from Blockbuster or something. Yeah. Uh, so it was that too. And yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan as a kid, he's like everything a kid wants oh, to yeah. have in a hero. He's big, he's strong, he tells you to basically respect your parents, eat your vegetables, say your prayers, uh, take your vitamins, all that stuff that parents want you to hear. Yep. Um, so my mom was like totally on board with like me idolizing yeah. Hulk Hogan. Um, but yeah, it wrestling started really early in life for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause there was that connection between me and my mom about it. Before we got cable, we would watch SmackDown mm-hmm. when I was on local t- television. Yeah. Uh, every Thursday night back then yeah. we would get on the couch and we would watch that. When we got cable, we would watch raw, uh, WWE raw on Monday nights. So yeah, a lot of memories just like sitting sitting on the couch with my mom watching wrestling that's cool yeah for me it started on a beach and some oily dude is like hey come rub oil on me and i'm like okay and he's like what do you do for a living and i'm like i'm a little boy he's like oh i'm a wrestler (laughs) so that was my first exposure (laughs) what do you do for a living (laughs) (laughs) i'm guessing 
children in Germany uh, work at the age that we started yeah, watching? Yeah, I was on a work program in Germany. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. It was, yeah, it was actually a little boy, and he wanted me to... I was a little boy, too. He's, what do you do for a He's living? like, what do you do for a living? I was like, I'm a little boy like you. He's like, okay, come rub baby oil on me. I'm a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. <laughs> so, so he is a wrestler or he wants to be a wrestler? Both. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> in some countries. I'm training. In some countries, you get you get little kids who train to be wrestlers. I'm, I'm training down at the training school downtown. You want to come with me? Where is this? And so I went to the training school downtown, and I watched him jump in the ring, and that was my first exposure to wrestling. Be serious. It's your turn. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll give our actual experience of wrestling, because that wasn't real. And that like, kid like grew up to be Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> None of these timelines add up at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Shot the elbow from the top rope. All right. So our actual first exposure to wrestling kind of dates back all the way to second grade. Uh, oh, so yeah, we were yeah. about eight years old. And this is when, um, so eight years old. So I'd about say about first grade. 98, 99, yeah. back when wrestling was super hot. Super hot because you had mm-hmm. what was called the Monday Night Wars between the WWF and the WCW uh, World Championship Wrestling. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happened with that, but that's when like the NWO and Goldberg and Sting, the and, LWO, yeah, exactly, were BWO, exactly, NWO Japan. Yes, we're all uh, <laughs> yes, we're all super super hot and super super big. So where we were at we the friends that we had in first and second grade um they watched wcw like a few of them would watch both but mm. i mainly remember like the wcw stuff. i had a buddy so, who was a huge stone cold steve austin fan yeah so there was a mix of people in there yeah. but i remember in second grade getting like w or wcw valentines from people wow. um i remember one friend that i had Gave me like this sticker inside of one of those little bubbles that you get out of those twenty five yeah, cent machines. Yeah, said be mine. No, and it had, <laughs> it was Goldberg, and I didn't know how to open it, so I tried smashing it on an air vent, and it, and uh, instead of, I I couldn't get it open, so I just threw it down the air vent. Uh, I it was yeah Goldberg was in there. Uh, Remind me Kevin Nash. I don't know, but I remember we got hmm. a uh, you got like a Kevin Nash toy or whatever. Yeah, it was one of those WCW used to have those toys to where you press a button. Yeah, and they would like vibrate yeah a rubber I toy that i vibrates. don't know why <laughs> yeah but we had one of those yeah so we had one i think of those. i had one too yeah so there were some things that we were exposed to as far as wrestling goes but by the age of like nine we just lost interest completely like we saw it around or whatever but i think it was also one of the things to where we might have expressed interest and our mom just cut that off at the pass because mm-hmm. a lot of parents didn't like Unless you watched yeah. it with your kid, a lot of parents didn't like how raunchy wrestling oh, was. Oh, my at the mom time. loved yeah. it. Oh yeah, so, really? Your mom yeah. liked the Attitude Era? Yeah, she loved that crap. She's like, oh Billy Gunn, you so crazy. She liked his butt. Of course, he's the ass man. Uh-huh. You're the ass man. <laughs> no, I'm not the ass man. Not that ass man. Right. Uh, so anyway, we kind of like didn't even really think about it at all. Like we'd be at the mall or whatever and see like the video games or something like that. But we'd see people wrestling. Well, yeah, exactly. Bum but, fights. Yeah, <laughs> bum, bum. I remember bum fights. Um, they but, were next to the wrestling DVDs in the special interest category at FYE. Yeah. Um, but, like, we would see, I remember being at Blockbuster and seeing the VHSs to pay-per-views and all that. But we didn't have another spark of interest in wrestling until we were 13. It was October of 2004. It's very uh, specific. Yes. Oh, I, I always commit this to memory. It was a landmark moment. It yeah. was. It was a Friday night. 
and we went to Blockbuster because you know every other week our mom would take us to Blockbuster when Blockbuster still had some you know breaths out there, still had some sort of push and pull, and we would uh, we would go to Blockbuster and we'd always just rent a movie because the video games were expensive in our mom's words. Uh, but we went and I saw a wrestling game, and me and Matt liked doing these one one v one combat games and yeah. like making fun of them. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was the intent. Right. It's like we're just let's just rent this so we can make fun of it. Yeah. And so you start playing it and you're like, Oh, I remember Bret Hart and I remember Sting, obviously, and Diamond Dallas Page. So it's like, Oh, okay, you're playing it, da 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 you're going through the roster and it's actually pretty fun. Oh yeah. And it was called Showdown Legends of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so you had this giant roster of all these legends and we played it for a long time and it got to be pretty fun and I remember thinking like Tomorrow I'm gonna tomorrow Saturday I'm gonna go online and see if I can find more legends of wrestling, mm-hmm. and so that's when you find websites like Online World of Wrestling, and obviously you go to the WWE website, mm-hmm. and basically that led us into you know Raw had like a recap show on Saturday, Saturday morning. mornings. Yeah, I was just fl- I was just flipping around on the television. Like me, I was like, oh that this wrestling stuff's pretty cool. You know, I might just hop on right after Matt and look for stuff. And I was just flipping through the television, and on our. Uh, channel 11 wb affiliate um it was that raw recap show and they were recapping the pay-per-view taboo tuesday yeah um and i remember being like oh my gosh this is wrestling and i remember I was, so this is wrestling <laughs> well like i was like oh i was looking for wrestling and then like i hopped on the computer and from then on all of our junior high years yeah. was e- everything was surrounded yeah. by wrestling. And when I say everything, I mean everything. We, that's all I thought about was Our pro wrestling. motivation for a lot of stuff was, yeah. uh-huh. you know, if you get any sort of birthday money or Christmas money, the first thing you think of is something wrestling related. I remember I would always get the WWE magazines yeah. and yeah. they would show the wrestling belts in those. Oh. Yeah, I wanted and I would, so bad. I would always try to like calculate in my head, how much allowance do I need to save to get one? And always being like, ah, it's too long to wait. Yeah. <laughs> and what what's bittersweet now is I ha- I have the money to buy one. We bought one a few years ago. I was about to say ago. you have one. Yeah, yeah. And we did, but like when I was almost a kid, got rid of it too. Yeah. It, well, the, the, as the appeal as a kid was we would use our action figures and do. We had a pro wrestling federation. I had one and Matt had one, and I wanted to get that for my champion. Because I was like, we had these toy belts, but I was like, I want to get the real deal, <laughs> uh, because that would be super cool and it'd add more grandeur to the matches. But now I'm just like, every now and then I'll have that spark to be like, hmm, I wonder. I might go out and needlessly buy a bunch of action figures. <laughs> yeah, it's, get a get a belt. Because creatively, I have all these things in my head for it. You get it. it you're excited for a couple of days, and yeah. then when you get it all, you're like, I have a Tobias remorse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what am I gonna do with this belt? It's just sitting there. It looks cool. It does look cool. It, it is really it, cool. We got it's a collectible now because we got it signed by Kurt Angle. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So, but be I'm jealous. I but, was there. I've seen him. Okay. Well, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much like, and Jeff, you can attest to this because this is what we like really bonded over. Yeah. At least me and you, and then you and Matt, yeah. um, uh, a little bit later was just. One of the reasons I I really enjoyed junior high so much is because mm-hmm. of pro wrestling and all the friends yeah. that we had that liked wrestling. I know? I remember distinctly like in middle school like you know a lot of people like to say like the 90s was you know 
the 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 perfect time for pro wrestling. It was a era called the Attitude Era yeah. in the late nineties, like very early two thousands. And I don't know, like I get it, I get the appeal, but I also think like people just love whatever they grew up watching oh, yeah. with wrestling. So yeah. for me, like I think back to like two thousand three, two thousand seven pro wrestling. I'm like, man, that's peak pro wrestling to me because like you had companies like WWE who you know had all the top stars and then you know what for me i loved pro wrestling so much like i didn't care where i got it from there was also another company who had a name that probably wasn't the smartest but tna yeah mm-hmm. um and it was really good pro wrestling so i just remember distinctly like memories of middle school of watching wwe tna and like just talking about it with you guys and like telling you like the best match from that week of wrestling that I watched or something and asking you guys. And yeah, it's it thinking back to middle school. I can't separate pro wrestling from middle school whatsoever. That clearly that really defined that really defined uh, that chapter in our lives. Mm -hmm. And again, I credit it with meeting you and Mm -hmm. now we're sitting here today. Yeah. Since you know, after ten years, ten years plus later, exactly, and so that that's why it means Mm -hmm. a lot to me too. Um, So that's sort of goes into our first exposure, not uh, first, but like really when we jumped on board. Uh Yeah, and and I could and I could keep going about like you know when when we kind of when we like dropped off a little bit, but then picked it back up and blah blah blah. But I mean, that's I think it helps to know when kind of the absolute like peak of when it will like I will never be as uh, even though like in the past few years it's the longest I've ever been a wrestling fan I or I've been watching it and keeping up with it because there was a time in high school where I didn't really Mm -hmm. keep up with it as much but we still had that connection to it I'd still be on WWE's website pretty much every day just to kind of take a look see what was happening well and it's crazy like now nowadays like I'm thinking of being a fan now of pro wrestling uh, you don't have to uh, watch every week. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, as a kid, as, as a middle schooler, high schooler even, for me, like, I had to watch every week to stay up to date on what's happening. Like, nowadays, I don't stay up to date. I, like, if I, I mean, I'm an adult. I have a job and yeah. I have other responsibilities. Exactly. Uh, WWE alone has, like, seven hours of programming throughout the week. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's that's a lot of time to devote to this, so... You know, I don't watch everything, but I have my phone Mm -hmm. and I can watch highlights. I can watch clips online. I Mm -hmm. Instagram, like you could just scroll through Instagram and you find feeds of like the best of Raw, best of SmackDown, best Mm -hmm. of whatever. Um, That's how I stay up to date unless I'm really trying to follow something specific within wrestling. So I think like for me, I don't consider myself less of a fan nowadays I can I I just I I follow what I want to follow right at this point right and and it's it it's a cool time it it's it really is a cool time to be a wrestling fan especially if your kid getting into it now but there's just something special about the 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 it was the ending stages of it kind of being media primitive mm-hmm. to where it wasn't all over the place yeah because um, there weren't these forms of media that were super big um, to where 
know, every Thursday we'd watch SmackDown as, and I wanted so badly to have cable like, or in our room to watch raw. Cause the only place that we had cable or satellite was the living room. And there's no way her mom would let us watch wrestling in there. <laughs> um, but there was that time where to keep up to date on things you had to watch, like yeah. you had to watch the episodes and, uh, you, you'd go to WWE.com and take yeah. a look. So there was only really two facets of keeping up and it was watching it or going to the WWE's website. Um, and I, I, I kind of miss that. It's special to think about, but I mean, I don't think about it a whole lot, but I do, <laughs> I do fondly, I do fondly look back on those times to a fart and a burp and I've already forgotten about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so going into that, I know for us answering, and Jeff, you, you kind of answer this question. I don't know if you want to go more in depth to kind of help illustrate to the listener just how, how special it was to you personally. Mm-hmm. I know for us, straight up, the as far as who we watched it with, Matt was the main person I watched mm-hmm. it with, at least in junior. And I'm going mainly from like a junior high mm-hmm. perspective. Um, I watched it with Matt because no uh, no one else would watch it with <laughs> us. Uh, but we actually got our younger brother hooked on it. So nice. our mom, again, wasn't happy with that. But uh, I would watch it with Matt, but then our younger brother would watch it, and we'd practice moves on him. And then when our older brother was home from college, he would kind of just walk in, not say anything, but be watching it. And if something happened, he'd be like, oh, oh, damn. <laughs> or or he'd uh, or he'd be like, oh, huh, that was kind of dumb. Or but or he'd be like, oh, oh, I saw that coming. But then he would like totally be down with it. He yeah. totally he called he called himself a closeted wrestling yeah, fan. He, he would be in so immersed <laughs> in a certain storyline, and then if like the the guy who you know the babyface the good yeah. guy if they if you know the heel the bad guy cheats to yeah. win. And you, you, you get so immersed and you suspend your disbelief and you want the guy you want to win to win so uh-huh. bad. And then obviously you can start picking up certain beats as you watch more and more wrestling and you can tell when, okay, this guy's probably going to interfere and stuff like that. But you could tell he was getting so into it. Cause I remember at one point, like Batista, uh, was in a world title match with Mark Henry yeah. and Mark Henry cheated and he's like, damn it. He's like, that's why I hate wrestling. Yeah, you know, because it because it does yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. It it arouses that sort of feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's a common theme of older brothers trying wrestling moves on the younger brothers. Yeah, I remember my brother. He would put me in the sharpshooter a lot, and I would hate it. it the, the sharpshooter, in my opinion, is one of the only wrestling moves that really hurts. Right. Yeah. Like, you do a figure four leg lock correctly. That figure hurts four hurts. Too. Like any any move where you're kind of using like legs to apply pressure to the other leg, like those hurt. Like a Boston but, crab. Yeah. Boston crab, like sitting on someone's back yeah. or something essentially. But I remember he would sometimes do an ankle lock on me. I'm like, mm. this doesn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's yeah. where selling comes in too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I would watch primarily with my older brother. Uh, Danny and my mom. So like uh, wrestling always will have a special place in my heart. Cause like um, for, for anyone listening uh, who's from proper gentlemen, I haven't really talked about this a whole lot, but my mom actually passed away back in 2007. So like in a weird way, like wrestling is still something that connects me to her. Mm. Um, it's why it's something I will never stop watching ever. Like however dumb it gets, like however old I get, like whatever, like it's, it's never going to be something that I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, too mature to whatever for it. Like, um, anytime I watch wrestling it, like 
I don't know. There's just this connection to me, to my mom, and it's something that just comforts me. It's something that like puts me back in that mindset of being a kid and like sitting on the couch with my mom and just watching it and just being entertained. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. And uh, and as we got older, um, we didn't really watch it with each other, and I didn't really into high school watch it a whole lot. There would be times where I'd be like, "What's happening on?" on wrestling right now. And I kind of tune into smacked on a raw and kind of get back into it. Cause I was never unfamiliar what, mm-hmm. with what was going on. Cause like Jeff said, um, somehow there's those people or those moments or those memories that keep, have kept us connected to us. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know what it is. And this, this, this sounds weird, but it ha- to me, it's kind of like a, a God thing to always have that inside of us whether it's creatively or um, just personality wise to be connected to it. And I know some of you out there be like, God thing. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to explain it. Like pro wrestling is my God. Yeah. God, I don't ever want to lose the pro wrestling. He's like, it's been inside of you the whole time. It's like, he's right. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to kind of clear it, like we're, we're uh, Matt and I and, and are Christians, um, and then Jeff and then other guests that we have are Christians. Um, <laughs> Matt and I are, we're tra- Christians trying to convert our guests <laughs> to pro wrestling. Mm. We're pro wrestling Christians, <laughs> um, and we may say hell, ass, and damn, and have these crass sketches or whatever because I don't think you know. I love Jesus, yeah. but I also like to cuss a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's my mantra is I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. So that's why I said what I said, just to clarify. But uh, but I really feel like there's this connection to it in us that even if we're far away from it, we still we still find it again because it, there is that um, air of whimsy and air of wonder with it. And, and it's because it's like watching a, a movie well, It's every a personal week. connection. Exactly. So as, as we got older, we, we would watch it with other friends and we would show it to friends and we have friends who didn't even think about it and then we'd like hey you know check this out i think you i think you like this and they like got into it and they're still kind of into it now like they'll ask about it or they'll make a reference to it so it's just really cool it's been this connection with us and friends and all that yeah and remember that wrestling thing i had to yeah. repent for four days because <laughs> i watched it you know i blame you guys yeah uh but as far as all that goes we of course we had favorites. Mm-hmm. We had to have a favorite, whether it was they were your favorite. Oh, you're trying um, to get me in trouble now, aren't you? Well, <laughs> you, you I mean you can explain all that you want here, because, uh, uh, considering what Jeff's talking about. Even if it was like when we first started watching, our favorite is different than now. Um, who who were your favorites? I mean, you can say if there's a one constant favorite or if it changed, just who, who, who were your guys' favorite? Sloppy Sammy. <laughs> oh yeah. Sloppy Sammy. Burt Dragon. <laughs> Burt Dragon. <laughs> he, he, he hit the double com smacky on the uh, double com smacky at, at wrestle com, at wrestle, wrestle John, wrestle fest, wrestle <laughs> summer wrestle fest. No, it was in a, it was uh, in a porta potty. So <laughs> wrestle John fifty. Yeah, porta potty on a pole match. Yeah. <laughs> porta potty on a pole match. <laughs> Climb the ladder to knock this porta potty over. The surprise is it's a full toilet. <laughs> so you get crap all over you. <laughs> so those are my favorites. Okay. So okay. So I don't believe you, but okay. Uh, for me, like I said, kind of earlier, Hulk Hogan was. I I think he's a standard favorite for yeah. most kids. Like, there's. 
as a kid, and I want to specify as a kid, there's nothing not to like about Hulk Hogan. He's a yeah. superhero. He's, He's a cartoon a superhero. Um, as I got older, you know, I kind of liked the guys who had a little bit more edge to them. So, like, you know, Stone Cold was a favorite. Triple H even was a favorite at times. Um, as a kid, I still was very much like I like good guys and I don't like bad guys like most kids are. Um, Triple H was like one of the only guys that I was like, no, he's cool though. Like he's a cool bad guy. Yeah. Um, my favorite though, and the reason I I said Steven's trying to get me in trouble, uh, I'll have to explain this a little bit. Um, Chris Benoit is a name that is surrounded in controversy when you talk Mm -hmm. about pro wrestling. Yeah. But let me just clarify, like from 2002 to 2007, Chris Benoit was my favorite pro wrestler he he was a technical wrestler which means like he didn't like try to just overpower people he would he would go in and he would try to pick his opponents apart like use submission holds to wear him down stuff like that and the reason i liked him so much was like he was shorter i was a shorter kid he was shorter and you know i think a lot of what makes pro wrestling great is that people who watch it try to find themselves in Mm -hmm. wrestlers yeah so like for me i was like Chris Benoit, I identify with him. He he reminds me of myself, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the reason I say he's surrounding controversy is because in 2007, um, uh, there's really no no elegant way to go Can't about really this. Can't really dance around it. Yeah, in 2007, it was revealed that Chris Benoit had actually killed his family uh, in a double homicide. And, yeah, very heavy, it's, folks. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. So he had killed himself. He had killed his fam, his wife and one of his sons, and killed himself. Um, and like, try to imagine a uh, what was I? Fourteen? I was fifteen. Yeah, fifteen yeah. in two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. So I was fifteen, and I had just heard my favorite pro wrestler had killed himself and his family. Like, as a fifteen year old, I tried to like. I went deep into conspiracy theories. I'm like, no, yeah. it wasn't him. It was his wife's ex-lover, uh, which <laughs> sounds like it's Sullivan. sounds more like a soap opera than actual pro wrestling does. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, you know, there's all of these like, um, twi- not twists and turns, but like there's all of these angles. New things into, being unveiled about his yeah, mental like, state. Like, and stuff you know, like that. there's, there's, uh, research that's come out or not research but like medical examinations that have come out that like you know Chris Benoit had the brain matter essentially of like an 80 year old Alzheimer's patient Mm -hmm. because of like how physical he was in the ring like talk about things not being fake like his brain resembled an 80 year old Alzheimer's patient because of the the physicality that he went through in wrestling one of his main moves was a diving headbutt you literally jump off the top rope and headbutt the guy that's yeah, laying down there. Chris Benoit was a guy who, like, uh, it's part of why I liked him is he tried to make it look as real as possible. Oh, yeah. So, like, a lot of the time when he would do moves, he wouldn't protect his head because he wanted it to look as real as possible. Yeah. Um. So, like, Chris Benoit was my favorite up until that point. And, you know, I try to look back on his career before then, and I try to, like, smile on it still, but it's really hard, like, like all joking aside because – I like to sometimes use dark comedy to uh, to ease myself yeah. and, and become comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I won't share any of the jokes that I ever say. <laughs> but, um, you know, all, all kidding aside, like, I can't really look at Chris Benoit the same way, of course, because of what he did. So 
uh, I, I will say, and I won't shy away from it, from 2002 to 2007, Chris Benoit was my go-to. He was yeah. my favorite. Um, I had other guys like Eddie Guerrero, yep. John Cena yep. in there, guys that I really enjoyed. Um, but from like 2007 onward, I got into a lot of the smaller wrestling promotions. Like mm-hmm. they're called independent wrestling promotions because they're they that's what they are. They're yeah. independently run wrestling promotions uh, in the country and around the world. And there was a guy who I got interested in that was on the independence named uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah, and he. For all the same reasons I liked Chris Benoit as yeah. a technical wrestler, I liked him. Uh, he was a smaller guy, smaller than Benoit even, a uh, technical wrestler who could just pick you apart. And he came to the WWE in 2010. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2010, and he changed his name to Daniel Bryan. And he, from 2007-ish to now, yeah. he's been a favorite of mine. Yeah. Might have been like 11 or 12. He was a yeah, part yeah. of like the that reality, that uh, competition show they had. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I would say it's gone from like Hulk Hogan to Stone Cold The Rock, Triple H, Chris Benoit, Daniel yeah. Bryan. Like if I had to do my my Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestlers for me, uh, that would be it. And I'll just say to wrap my my part up on this, one of those is not like the others. <laughs> I definitely I agree. It it stinks because it's the same reason I can't. I can't enjoy the Cosby show anymore. Yeah. And it's the same reason, you know, I know a lot of it to a lot of people still alleged, but I, I, I can't enjoy Michael Jackson's music anymore because of some things that have come to light. Um, I just, I can't get, for me, I can't get behind that mindset of, we'll just separate the artist from the art. It's yeah. like the, the art for me is so reflects personally yeah. on the artist. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, because I I connect with it. I connect with the artist. And so basically I can't have one without the other. Right. Like I can still respect what that person did as a performer. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, for me, it's like I identified with Chris Benoit because I saw so much of myself in him. And if that's who he was, like, nope. (laughs) Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'm glad you didn't, you haven't gone down like defending him like continuously. Um, cause the, I that's, used to. yeah, well, yeah. oh yeah. I remember like you, you would, you would like at school come up and say, oh, there's this conspiracy, there's this conspiracy and this conspiracy, I remember, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I remember cause I had just become a Christian around that time, mm-hmm. like literally that year, I think. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> one of my go-to defenses was, well, Chris Benoit wasn't a Christian and they put, he, uh, his wife and son had Bibles at their feet. He wouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I think that's a part of. Because you have this deep connection, yeah. Uh, it's a part of um, uh, what the 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 um the stages of grief, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So a part of that is Makes denial. Mm-hmm. Um, so it and I know I know for me, um, I'll, I'll I'll circle back around to that. Um, for me, when I first started, when we first really started watching, my favorite was The Undertaker. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't 100% know why I Because really... you saw so much of yourself in him. Exactly. I'm a dead... I'm dead inside. <laughs> There's this kid at school that keeps saying, I'm a dead man. <laughs> to me. You're a dead man. So, I'm a dead man. Yeah. So, I just kind of, like, adopted The Undertaker. I think it was because he was... He... I, I remember it as 
even before we started watching religiously, I liked Sting. I liked the look yeah. of Sting, mm-hmm. um, which kind of makes sense why The Crow is one of my favorite movies because yeah. the black and white Sting is patterned after The Crow. Yeah. Um, so The Undertaker, I was like, I kind of remember him, but he's like, he's an all black. He's yeah. kind of shrouded in mystery. He's he's spooky. Well, and plus in 2004, he was when we started really watching, yeah. he was coming off the heels of his American badass character. Yeah, yeah. So like... Uh, like the biker undertaker. Later, later on, I think I, I liked the American badass more because he had oh, more yeah. attitude and more personality. And his ring work, I thought I liked his ring work a lot better. He's in there. a good big man. Yeah, very oh, yeah. nimble. But uh, I, I, I had a great appreciation for the Undertaker. And even after I kind of stopped watching and hopped back on, I'd still say, "Oh yeah, the Undertaker. Oh yeah, I guess the Undertaker." But as I started thinking about it more, uh, going back to what you said, Jeff, earlier about the company TNA, Total Nonstop yeah. Action Wrestling, I'd probably say that's what that stands for. Total Nonstop Action. I thought it was yeah. tits and ass. Well, well, it's funny because the guy Vince Russo, yeah. in order to get Jerry Jarrett to to hop on board with the company said no it stands for total non-stop action even though he had a group in that company called sex yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and he had dancing girls in cages yeah and, like the first few shows so <laughs> like, i don't rightly know what's going on that was jerry jarrett yeah if you don't know who jerry jarrett is we'll do an episode on jerry jarrett <laughs> no i don't want to do an episode <laughs> on jerry jarrett because i don't i hardly know anything about jerry jarrett don't worry i'll, I'll get in touch with him Okay. Promoter in Memphis. Yeah. Back in the 80s. Exactly. Kind of a shyster. Yes. Anyway, um, as I got older, um, I started thinking about it. And I know on wrestling games and it, it, the wrestling persona I would take on, I would pattern my style and my moveset and my look off of this guy, AJ Styles. Mm. And he, he, to me, is he might be the most well-rounded oh, wrestler, yeah. at least like in WWE because he was in TNA for the yeah. longest time. I was going to say, in a, if you're listening yeah. and you watch WWE now, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who AJ Styles is. It's yeah. no secret. Yeah, but, you know, as a, he he got his start in WCW, like as far as yeah. the big promotions go, like like he was like Air Styles. Like or right like when WCW went under. Exactly. Yeah. And then he went on and he really made a name for himself. I mean, he, he got really popular in the indies, but he really made a name for himself in TNA. In TNA. He he, the, that's where he became the phenomenal AJ Styles. Exactly. And that's where I kind of knew him from because we didn't really we didn't watch tna because it it was on spike it was TV. on spike tv so it, was on, it was on cable we didn't have it in our room yeah exactly but i knew who aj styles was from who what jeff was saying and then mm-hmm. i would watch clips of aj styles uh, i was a huge fan of him his look he just looked cool yeah. he had really cool ring gear gear so on games i would pattern my style off of him but just his ring work was like so tight really and so athletic, slick acrobatic. and athletic yep. exact athletic and acrobatic are were two of my favorite things um as far as watching matches go. So as I got older, I was like, I think AJ Styles is my favorite. But if I really, really think about it, Eddie Guerrero mm. might be my absolute yeah. favorite. Because I say AJ Styles was the most well-rounded. Eddie Guerrero might be the most well-rounded wrestler in the last 50 years. In terms of entering work. In terms of entering yeah. work. Just his story on the outside of the ring. Just how how funny he was and how, how much joy he brought me as a kid. And just watching his matches and watching his promos, um, he passed away a couple years before Chris Benoit while he was like both these guys. 2005, right? 2005. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, it, it was that long ago. November 2005. And uh, he was in the middle of a what looked like it was going to be a big world title push. I yeah, mean, really. He, he Chris, was scheduled to win the yeah, world title. And Chris, Chris Benoit, kind of the same. Both these guys, what was crazy is they were on TV 
regularly and like, we watch them on TV regularly. Both, both were on TV. Both were like being pushed to, and like they were best friends in real life. Yeah. And both were being pushed to like world title runs. Yeah. Chris Benoit was booked to win the ECW title. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Eddie, I remember, I literally, I loved Eddie Guerrero. Like I love him now, but as a kid, like I loved Eddie and I, I got, I would get so sad cause he was a heel for the better part of like 2005 at yeah. least like that middle, like from the summer yeah. on to about November when he passed away. And he was just, he's turning around. Like he had changed his theme music because I loved his theme music and he had changed it to reflect more of his heel persona. And he changed, he changed it back. He became friends with uh, Dave Batista, who a lot of you may Drax know as the destroyer, yeah. but like Batista, you know, made his name as a wrestler. Uh, but they they were like buddies. Made his name as a bouncer. Thank okay. you. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. He killed a guy just to watch him die. Shot, yeah. He shot a man in Reno just to watch as a Pino. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, but Eddie, Eddie, like we literally like a week before went to our first live event, and the main event was Batista versus Eddie Guerrero, yeah. and just I would just I loved Eddie because he he was so funny. He was so his his thing was lie, cheat, and steal, but he would be so like endearing about it. He's from a wrestling family too, oh, yeah, so he's the a Guerreros, multi, yeah. multiple multiple generational wrestler, and he had a wrestling ring in his backyard yeah. growing up, and you can tell with because his in ring work was so. F- smooth and flawless yeah it's funny because like a thing about the hulk hogan my mom loved that i loved him and like was really happy about that i'm so like looking back it's funny my mom also loved eddie guerrero whose moniker was lie cheat and steal yeah Yeah. exactly but but he would he would be so endearing about it and he was another one of those little guys he was crispin was height and he was the world champion like a year before he died (laughs) (laughs) we won't get into that kevin he's mexican (laughs) um but and it, like it, he was, he was, I, I loved him. And as I think back now, I think he's probably my favorite, but going back to like what I said about having a connection <laughs> with somebody, but being in denial about a death. Yeah. yeah. When I remember like, again, the week before he passed away, me and Matt, our uncle took us to our first live event and it was so awesome. and so amazing. And I'll never forget it. And like literally the, when it, when SmackDown went to Fridays, that Friday, we literally just watched him in a match. Yeah. Uh, with another guy and uh i remember that saturday we like we we had a haircut and we went to fye or suncoast video and we got survivor series 2002 yeah. or might have been like the week before but that night we watched a match that he had then and i remember just being like as we went to bed i was like man that was a good match like man eddie eddie was great all benoit was great and blah 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 and uh literally um, we went to church the next day and I come home and the first thing I did after church yeah. and on the weekend was hop on WWE.com. And I remember the homepage was this black homepage and it said, um, the WWE, uh, is, uh, sad to inform their audience or whatever that Eddie Guerrero has passed away at the age of however old he was. And I remember just like being in shock, mm-hmm. um, because you get so connected to, these characters on television and you like who they are as people. And I remember just being in denial yeah. for days and talking with Jeff. Like we even at one point, like the next it's day, it's a work. Yeah. yeah. The next day we were like, Oh, it's just, it's just, it's a work. Like it's, it's fake <laughs> it's part or whatever. Of the um, well, I remember distinctly there was a kid in one of my classes. Cause like in Eddie's last match, he took uh, a chair shot to yeah. the head yeah. uh, from the wrestler he was facing. And there was one kid, it's ridiculous thinking about this now, but there's one kid who's like, "Man, that guy killed him." 
<laughs> he killed him with that chair shot. Why is nobody investigating this? <laughs> uh, it's all on television. Exactly. There's they the have evidence. The proof. Speaking of Eddie Guerrero but, chair shots and JBL ooh, hit Eddie Guerrero the in the great American chair at the Great American yeah. Bash in 2004. Four. Was four? That? I thought that was four. Judgment Day. Or a Judgment Day. Judgment yeah, Day. Because he, he lost it at Great American yeah. Bash. You want to talk about wrestlers putting their hands up to protect <laughs> themselves from chair shots? And sometimes, well, We'll go into just, how they make themselves bleed. Just Google like, Judgment yeah. Day 2004, and yeah. I'm sure it's going to be like the first image you, you see. Can tell, you can tell it's from the chair shot, and it just is busted open. Yeah. Because wrestlers... Bleeding like a stuck pig. Yeah, wrestlers typically to get themselves to bleed as part of a match in the, ter- in the territories or whether when they allowed it in more recent years, you have a little razor blade. They'll store it, you know, in their wrist tape, or Bret Hart used to put it like in his mouth yes so i don't know how he did that but um but they like would cut themselves on their hairline and just get some blood get some color second image yeah so so all of that to say that chair shot itself is what caused him to bleed and that eddie you said eddie Guerrero chair shot yeah yeah and and honestly it was years of drug abuse yeah that he he just broke his body down um years of just steroid use steroid use physical abuse in the ring so i mean that that's what made him so endearing is he for probably about he was clean from all that stuff for i think maybe minus steroids but he was he was clean from drugs and from alcohol abuse uh for about three years before that and he was he i mean his he was a success story in the wwe and his life ending so quickly and the way it did he died alone in his hotel room which unfortunately is how a lot of there are a lot of wrestlers who when they pass away it's alone in their hotel room and then the night after the night after on Monday Night Raw, they had a tribute show, and I still can't watch that show yeah. without tearing up and getting yeah. choked up. Um, so I'd say, just retrospectively, um, Eddie Guerrero is probably my favorite. Yeah. Can I change oh, my my favorite wrestler real quick? Because I'm Googling Judgment Day 2004, and I found Rico. <laughs> I remember oh, R- Rico Constantino. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. I remember on the wrestling on SmackDown versus Raw, he was on there because I saw I thought he was so goofy looking. Whenever I wanted to practice moves and stuff and get the controls <laughs> under my under my uh, under my fingers or like practice certain uh-huh. match types, I would always pick Rico as my opponent because I thought he was the weakest. So he ended up becoming my favorite. Not really yeah. my favorite. <laughs> my favorite is definitely and has been Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. and I think it it started because. This kid that sit next that sit next to me in sixth grade used to sing his theme song. Mm-hmm. Before I th- knew his Shawn Michaels theme song, I just thought, "Oh, Tim made up a song." Yeah, and so he taught me the song, and I used to sing that song on the playground. And then when we started watching that um, Raw like recap, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels was on one of them, and I heard the song, and I was like, "That's the song that my friend in sixth grade used to sing." Yeah, I was like, "That's." That's Sean. That's that's his. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, that's cool." That's he the Shawn Michaels. He's my favorite. And then you find out about his personal journey and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, then then he became a favorite. And then I watched his in-ring performances mm-hmm. and his work and stuff. And the way he put the way he put moves together and would tell stories through the way through the way he smoothly executed moves or the way he sold something, which selling for if people don't know it, I mean how you how you give off the impression that you're actually being hurt. How you, you convince know? the Yeah, audience. how you convince the audience that what just happened to you was mm-hmm. like crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So you watch his in-ring work and his matches were always like amazing to me. And so that slow progression made him my favorite. And he's widely considered, you know, arguably the greatest in-ring performer of all time. And for good reason, he's got so many five-star matches. So I think Shawn Michaels just, he's, he's, he's just very, you're talking about well-rounded in-ring performers. Mm-hmm. He's up there. Like he's the gold standard for a lot of people. And then we've all been saying Eddie Guerrero. We, we started watching back when the focus was a lot on, became more on like match quality as opposed yeah. to whatever crazy storyline was going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we started watching. So that's what my focus became on more. So I didn't so much latch on to the crazy characters, but more the guys who were really good wrestlers. Right. And so Shawn Michaels and Eddie Guerrero were two of the best to me. Yeah. So I think those Ugh. two definitely. What could have been with a match between those two? I think I read somewhere that WrestleMania 22, I think, was, was supposed yeah. to be Eddie Guerrero over yeah. Shawn Michaels for the world title. Yeah, that would have been insane. That would have been an eight-star match, like, yeah. for sure. So I think those two are probably my favorite just because of the match qualities and the way that they were able to string matches together and tell stories in the ring. Yeah. So those oh, yeah. two are probably my favorite. Awesome. All right, so... Unfortunately, we gotta. We're, there's so much to say, and we have so much more to say, uh, but we don't want you all to fall asleep. So this is the end of part one. We'll come back with part two next week. Jeff, will you join us for part two? Maybe. Okay, well, even please. if Jeff isn't... Please okay. join us for part two. So part. this has been part one of our Pro Wrestling Radcast episode. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it, and join us for part two next week. This concludes our broadcast day.